Welcome to Over the Rainbow, a safe space and voice for all queer identities. I'm your host, Rachel Keithley, and I use she, her pronouns. Every other Wednesday, we bring you new episodes dedicated to queer education, representation, and activism. Christy, I always like my guests to introduce themselves, so do you want to go ahead? Perfect. Yes, I'm Christy Broussard. Uh, pronouns are she, her, and I am the owner and guide at Late in Life Guide. Amazing. Awesome. And we'll get into all of that later because today this is the topic we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about coming out as an adult and the challenges queer adults have to face when coming out, as well as sharing some services and support and the work that you do. But before we do, let's start by sharing something we've done this week to engage in queer education or activism. So it's just in general, my week to week, the way that I engage in this is just by bringing representation to social media uh, is one of the big pieces. And so I think a lot of people uh, aren't fully aware that folks can come out later in life. And so I do... um, normalize the fact that folks can come out later in life. I show people that um, happiness can come to us when we come out later in life, even if we've had to deal with a lot of different pain and discomfort through the process. And so being super active on social media and my Facebook group, I just try to inspire folks to connect with authenticity and, and let them know that they can be happy and their true selves. Yeah, I love that. That's a great example. And we'll be getting into it more later, particularly around the aspects of the uniqueness of coming out as an adult. And I guess the fact that actually it's quite an underrepresented community, isn't it? When we're talking about coming out, we just kind of assume it's only teenagers or young people, but it it really isn't, is it? So thanks for that example. Uh, For me, bit of an easy one this week. I've had a towering week, as I already said to you before we started. Um, But I love to read, and most of my listeners know this, and I've recently discovered a new book series. So the the series is called A Chorus of Dragons. There's four books. The fifth one's going to come out this year. But it's actually just really subtly queer. It's not even the main plot line, which I love. So the main plot line is all fantasy and sort of politics, kind of like Game of Thrones, I guess. Um, But the fact that it's very subtly queer and deals with sexuality and gender in a way that's just so normalized in the universe that the author creates is actually really important because I think I mean don't get me wrong I love books where we're dealing with coming out and where a person's queer identity is the focus of a book but I I would really like to live in a world where it's just the norm and it's not this thing that we have to like take this second look at and explore in this really in-depth way so yeah that's what I've been reading it's by I'm just reading Jen Liam's or Lyons I'm not sure how I'm saying her name but I would urge anyone to go and read them because they are amazing. That's such a that's such a lovely idea, right? And I think that's going to come up in our conversation today, but just this idea of of it not being a big thing. Like there's a hope in future one day that we won't have to come out, that we won't have to correct people's assumptions and expectations and that we can just explore who we are and what we like and what we don't like and the idea of things just being okay to explore sounds amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's not this subversion of the norm. It's just all these identities are sort of different categories of norm. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get on with the show.
So I think to start with, we should probably start with some definitions, you know, for listeners who maybe aren't aware or are wondering what coming out means. Can you tell us a little bit about what coming out is? Yeah, of course. And so coming out is often referred to sharing of sexuality or gender outside of quote unquote the norm. And so folks who are coming out late are people who maybe were identifying with a gender or sexuality um, that they no longer identify with. And so they're sharing this new truth or maybe not so new, but sharing a truth that has been concealed um, from them or from others. I love that definition. I particularly loved your use of the word sharing because it's talking about this idea that, you know, we don't, no one is owed the right to know about someone else's identity. It's about letting people in and saying, I'm going to tell you this about myself. And then in turn, you would hope that they would respect you for it and respect that side of you. Definitely. Definitely. I think, I think the reality is, is that we, we own our own story. We own our own truth and we get hope in the, in the best case scenario, we get to choose who we share that truth with. I know that isn't always the case, unfortunately, but I think, I think that is, it's our story to share, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you would hope, like you said, that you get to share it in the way that you choose. And I think there are a lot of misconceptions around this coming out uh, theme. So whether that's that we only come out once or there's one specific way to come out. So is there one way to come out? And really, how can we dispel these myths? Because actually, spoiler, the answer is no. Yeah, gosh, no, there's, there's no just one way to come out, right? Like, I think, you know, there are so many options, we get to choose our own timeline, again, in an ideal world, we get to choose how we want to share and who we want to share with. And so there are, I've had people who come out on social media and just, you know, pull off the bandaid or people who are only out or sharing their truth with a select few number of people, right? Or other folks who've really only come out to themselves in a therapist or a coach and continue to live life on the outside world as it was. And so it's a very individual experience and it's kind of an ongoing experience as well. And so again, because of all of the assumptions and expectations that are woven into our society we're constantly coming out I'm I've been out for five five over five years now and I still find myself coming out here and there and everywhere even just mentioning oh I have a wife like oh me and my wife that's it that's an act of coming out right yeah exactly or if you're with your same-sex partner or someone who perhaps appears to be the same sex as you and someone says oh are you and your friend doing this and you're like oh I've now got to tell them it's not my friend but do I want to tell them that (laughs) yes definitely it's it's always it's a lot of decision making right like is this do I have the energy or the space to share this am I safe in this particular situation to share this it's it's constant it's constant and ongoing And in cases like that, it's quite a quick decision you've got to make. You don't have time to step back and take a couple of days. If you're in that live conversation with someone, you've got a matter of seconds to decide if it's safe. Yeah, definitely. It's 
it is, it's a, it's a bit of a journey. I can say, you know, I can only speak from my own experience, but it has become easier as time has gone on to, and as I've become more comfortable in my sexuality and, and more, I guess, established as a queer, um, cis woman, I, I, I feel a bit more comfortable to just say who I am. And, and I, I feel comfortable enough to handle the reactions that I may get, whether it's not so great or wonderful or something in between. Um, but again, this is a super individualized experience. And so for anybody, any of the listeners, if you still keep that to yourself, if you don't correct folks, there's no shame in that, right? You get to choose who you share your truth with and you're not any less queer. You're not any less whatever you identify as um, just because you're not sharing it with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Your identity is yours to own and you don't need that external validation from someone else. Before we go and explore some of the challenges or some of the unique challenges that queer adults face, I just want to touch upon a point that you briefly mentioned, which is, I guess, the question of why we even have to come out in the first place. I know it seems quite self-explanatory to us, but I think it'd be quite useful to explore. Yeah, definitely. So I can only speak for my experience as somebody living in, I live in Canada. Um, I'm a white uh, cis woman. And so I recognize and uh, that I may not have everybody's perspective here. So I'm just saying it from my own, but um, in the society in which I'm in, right. And probably, you know, Canada, U.S., and again, I don't really know. I've never, I've never been to Britain, so I'm not sure what it's like over there. So you can share, Rachel. But um, we are, we live in a space that is heteronormative, and so there are expectations and there are assumptions made that we are of one of two genders and that we are of one sexuality which is straight. And so if you really think about our laws, if you think about our rituals, if you think about the way society functions, it's, it's heteronormativity is woven into all of that. Right. And when we're born, like even before we're born, we're, we're, we're prescribed a gender and a sexuality where told what colors we should like we're given specific toys to play with when when we're out of the womb we are um, basically groomed to be a certain way and when we're outside of that <clears throat> I think the origin of the word queer is to be kind of outside of of the quote-unquote norm right so when when we identify as someone who's queer, as someone who's outside of heteronormativity, it shifts the assumptions and expectations of others. So that is my view of, of why we need to come out. I think that was fantastic and it's all encompassing and it's something that I guess when I was first started coming out when I was 21, it was that side of it was actually something I took for granted. I was very afraid and, you know, went through what a lot of people go through in terms of like worrying if my family and friends were going to accept me. And I was very lucky in that respect, but it's only since doing my PhD and doing this podcast and 
educating myself more that you actually realize just how embedded it is in every layer of society and actually it makes you sick even if you happen to be heterosexual or in the case of both of us cisgender I still don't feel comfortable with having these gender roles and norms forced onto me I may be you know if I'm being honest with myself I may be okay in that female box but that doesn't mean I want to have been forced into it so it's just it's all very messed up and it's just as you said so embedded yeah it's it's such a when you become aware of it it's such a strange concept to think about how it's a it's like basically a veil right like like we're all just kind of operating in this system that was created for us um and it I find it very limiting right like it's a very limiting way of being right like to I think the loveliness about being there's many lovely things about coming into my queer identity but one of the lovely things is that I I have been able to see from a different perspective that I probably wouldn't have seen it from before I have been able to question more of why I do what I do or why I choose what I choose or why certain things are as they are and and even though yes I'll still prescribe to certain things and be okay with it you know I also have the opportunity to do something different right so for instance um socially cis women are kind of groomed to wear dresses right like I know it's it's changing as time has gone on but but that's kind of just socially what's been expected of women and if you go to a you know a, like a quote-unquote women's section of a clothing store um there's dresses and flowers and pink things and stuff like that and you know prior to coming out I wore those things I tried to be as feminine as I could be which I never felt feminine enough but anyway that's a whole other podcast <laughs> um but I uh when I came out, I started to question my style. I started to ask myself, like, what do I actually feel comfortable in? How do I want to present myself to the world? What do I want to wear? What suits me? And, you know, I can still wear feminine things, but dresses are not something I like to wear anymore. I don't feel comfortable in them. They don't bring me joy. They look pretty if I see them sometimes, but they're just not for me. And so, this is one example of, I mean, it's a little bit further away from coming out, but it's just this idea of when we step into our authenticity, when we come out, when we identify as queer, we have this opportunity to question all of the decisions we make each day and see which ones serve us and which ones don't, rather than just do what's prescribed. Absolutely. It's it's a process, isn't it? It's a very reflective unthinking relearning process but it's it's quite an exciting one even if at times it's exhausting and frustrating that we even have to do it yeah definitely definitely and you know this is why um I might be jumping ahead here but this is why we often consider coming out late a second adolescence right it's because we are basically finding out who the heck are we <laughs> like who am I? What do I like? How do I want to be in the world? Who do I want to spend time with? How do I want to present myself? You know, 
how, what do I want to do in my career? Where do I want to live? You know, what, what's comfortable for me. And these, you know, not saying that we didn't figure this out. If, if you're a straight person, you can figure those things out too, but there's just like this new awareness and this opportunity to rediscover who you are as your truly authentic self. Yeah, and I really loved when you termed it as that as the second adolescence. I'd never really thought about it that way, but it is. It's having to search for your own identity again when you're realizing, you know, some of the things that you've internalized do fit with you, but you still have to question them all and think, well, am I doing this or am I presenting in this way because I want to or because I've been told that's what I should do? And I think that is one of the challenges that all queer people face, but particularly queer adults, if they've been sort of presenting or identifying in a certain way for a much longer time. Um, But I want to explore some more of those unique challenges. So what are some of the challenges that queer adults face when they're coming out later in life? Oh, there's a ton of them. Um, One is kind of simply logistics, right? So thinking about, for instance, folks who are in an established relationship Um, with kids, for instance, right? Like that happens a lot when we're adults, not everybody, but, um, and so this, this idea of like, well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to end this relationship? Am I supposed to sell this house? How am I going to provide for myself or my family? Um, Where will I work? Like, there's just so many different difficulties that come. And And again, that happens with any, any kind of big life change when we're adults, but, but coming out as queer later in life brings this whole other layer. So again, not, not everybody is going to be in a relationship or not everyone's going to break up. Like there's lots of different um, scenarios and things that can happen, but, but often is the case. There are significant changes that come with coming out later in life and the logistics of it can be terrifying and can be not insurmountable, but feel insurmountable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was just thinking on that one. It's like you're already having to navigate exploring your identity. You know, you've you've realized, or maybe maybe you are always new, but you're ready to admit it more fully that the way you've been living isn't actually your true authentic self. But then having to navigate that with all these other logistics on top of it, it is very real. You know, people are still discriminated against at work across the world if they come out. That there are places where it is illegal to be. LGBTQ plus you know if we're talking in even in western societies the the reception isn't always good there are people who potentially might sabotage your relationship with your children if you know if there's religion that's coming into it there are so many different facets of it as well that you have to navigate that it isn't just this easy clean-cut decision is it no not at all and again for the listeners if anyone's thinking about coming out late like you can, we can work through these kinds of things, right? Like it's not easy, but it can happen and we can do it just like people get divorces. It's not easy. There's lots of pain involved, but millions of people get divorced all the time and millions of people move on and go on to live happy lives. So, so even though it is, it is a challenge and it's important to validate that, but it's not completely insurmountable. There's ways to live your true or live, live your authentic life. Um, uh, it just, there, we can't deny that there's going to be challenges. Another one um, is 
safety. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, Rachel, but just, um, it's sometimes it's just not safe to be our true selves. Right. So part of it could be, sometimes it can create so much distress that we become unsafe to ourselves. Right. And so, and so that's something to, to pay attention to. And, and if this is something that's resonating with a, a listener, make sure to reach out for support to a therapist or your doctor or crisis line. Um, but then there's just the sad reality that some places just aren't safe to be out in. Right. Like, like you said, there are certain countries where it's illegal to be LGBTQ plus there are certain places where, um, there's heavy discrimination, even if it e is legal and rights can be violated. Um, and, and also there's just, there's some discrimination in general, um, individually that, that can lead to, to some pain and discomfort. Right. So safety is something that keeps a lot of people in the closet, <laughs> I guess I'll say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think within navigating that safety, it's, it's not just physical safety, it's what you said about mental safety. And I think tied into that, one of the things that really strikes me particularly unique to adults coming out is this idea that they're not truly queer because how have you lived 30 40 however many years of your life in this quote-unquote heteronormative cisgendered society how have you lived in this heterosexual marriage if you're now telling me you're gay you can't be gay you must be bisexual or you know whatever it is that people throw at queer individuals who come out later in life and that in itself is really damaging to have your identities undermined yeah definitely I that discrimination can be really tough. And unfortunately we can even get it from the queer community as well. And so being someone who came out later in life, like when I started dating, there was definitely some discrimination, not a ton, but, but a, a, enough of a trickle that it made me sad and, and was hurtful. But um, just from the queer community, those who've been able, who've come out way earlier and have always known or, um, have known pretty young, right? Sometimes there's a, a lack of understanding. Anytime there's discrimination, I always see it as either a lack of understanding or fear, right? Fear of what, what isn't known, right? And so um, it is something that can keep people um, in, to keep people from connecting with authenticity or to get people to kind of go back on what, what they were experiencing, right? So that, so it is, it is the case that some people will come out and then kind of go back in, you know, so to speak, because of discrimination. Are there any other challenges that you want to mention before I uh, flip it to the other side? Yeah, sure. So the only, the other one, which I shouldn't say the only other one, there's many challenges, but, but another really big one is security. And, and I mean that in terms of human relationships and attachment. And so you know, the others are big, but I think humans are relational beings and the idea of severing any of our primary attachments can feel, it can feel unsafe actually. And so like, if you think about our nervous systems, they're pretty archaic. And so, you know, 
we rely on our caregivers to keep us alive when we're babies. And even though we become independent adults, our little nervous system is still a tiny little baby <laughs> that's thinking that their primary attachments are keeping them alive. And so when we are thinking about leaving a long-term spouse or thinking about coming out to our parents or main caregivers or, you know, chosen family, whatever, um, the idea that what we share or that our, our truth could sever a relationship can be paralyzing. And so that is another huge, huge, huge reason why people don't come out. And a valid one as well. You know, there's sometimes this idea that you can just dismiss those relationships and be like, well, if they're not going to support you, then, you know, fuck them. But it's, it's not as simple as that, is it? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And so there's no shame in that, right? Like it's a, it's a natural human instinct to protect our attachments. And it, and that's, you know, if, if, this is something that's resonating. This would be a good time to maybe connect with a, like a professional, but, but we can work through that. We can create our own new or rebuild attachments. Um, we can learn to be our own primary caregiver, right. And to soothe our nervous system. So there's lots of different techniques and interventions and things that we can do to be able to be our true self and risk some attach losing some attachments, but, but it is a huge challenge for a lot of people and there's no shame in that, right? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing those. So I've realized that obviously a lot of these challenges are very real and it's important that we talk about them, but equally there are lots of positives to coming out both early or later in life. So can you share some of these positives that core adults can have and experience when they're coming out? Yeah, hundred um, percent. So in general, when we're not connecting with authenticity, when we're not living our life based on our values and our true selves, like it can really muddy our overall sense of well-being. And so what I've heard over and over again from clients and from my own personal experience is that despite the discomfort, despite the challenges that most often the degree of happiness or contentment rather increases tenfold because living our true selves feels freeing. It can feel joyful. It can bring with it deeper, stronger, more genuine connections and relationships. Um, and, and even though there is often a difficult phase to go through to get to that, it's what I've heard from everyone and from my own personal experience, I shouldn't say everyone, but most people in my own personal experience is that it's worth it, right? We have this one life to live depending on your belief system. And, you know, it is amazing to be able to just be ourselves, to let go of the prescribed box and, or to jump out of the prescribed box in which we're put in. And to just have more genuine connections with those around us that accept us and love us for who we are. Absolutely. It's euphoric, isn't it? And it goes without saying that if you if you feel like there's not a community of people who are going to accept you 
within the area you live in there there absolutely is that community out there whether that's online or a bit further afield from your local area there are so many people out there who will support you on this journey so it's important to say people aren't ever alone yes yes for sure I and if if you think about it like um the term chosen family right that was heavily used especially you know in, in the earlier days for queer folk because there, there were a lot of relationships and attachments severed um, because of coming out. I think things are shifting a lot and there's a lot more acceptance and love. Again, I know not everywhere, but um, but we still have this opportunity to create chosen family. And so our family after coming out may include all of the people that are currently in our family, but also we have an opportunity to connect with a beautiful, bright, colorful community as well right and and again even if we end up losing some relationships the depth of the relationships we will create by being authentic often outweighs that so it's quality over quantity absolutely i love that i want to get a little bit more into the work that you're doing to support crowdables coming out because i know this is something you specialize in i mean I personally love your resources online, but can you share more about the work you're doing? Yeah, of course, of course. So I am um, a registered social worker in Ontario, Canada, and I've been um, a social worker and therapist since 2010, I believe, so over 12 years. Um, I've worked with so many different adults on so many different issues, specializing in mental health and um, like... I've alluded to, I came out as well later in life. And so it's been a, a passion of mine to use my professional background and experiences and my personal lived experience uh, in the work that I do. And so last year I switched gears from social work to doing professional guidance and I opened Light and Life Guide, which is a professional guidance practice. And so I have um, programs and groups and I post uh, lots on social media um, to help folks uh, on all on in all spectrum. So LGBTQ plus um, and also people at all stages of the coming out process. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's so, so needed, isn't it? And speaking as someone who didn't have these resources when coming out, I realize how valuable that they can be. Yeah, definitely. When I came out five plus years ago, I, there was hardly anything online. I read a few books. Like there was a really cool book that I loved called Dear John, I Love Jane. Um, and a bunch of other books, uh, another one, um, Sexual Fluidity by Lisa Diamond. So I read a couple books and I came across one or two articles and you know, the, the stereotypical am I gay quizzes <laughs> online as well. Um, and a Facebook group. But other than that, I didn't, there wasn't from what I saw in my Google search, any specific professionals that did this kind of work. And so there are a few of us now. Um, if you do a little bit of a search on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, you'll find us. But uh, it is it is a needed service. There's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've come out later in life and probably even more, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's having that tailored support as well. You know, it's, it's not just going to the am I gay quiz because I'm sure we've all been there <laughs> and helpful as it is <laughs> we need other forms of support as well don't we and it's it's having 
that different supports meet people's different needs because I know not everyone wants to go to an in-person group and talk about their experiences people might want to just read an article or a blog post or a resource on Instagram or they might want to go and get more professional help and having all those tools available is so so important yeah and I think the 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 biggest piece is community right I think without having found that Facebook group I might not have come out because I didn't really know if my I wasn't trusting of my intuition at the time. I'm very connected with my intuition now, but I wasn't sure if I was making thoughts up, if I was creating some sort of drama in my head and, and what was validating was to see that there was thousands of other people experiencing what I experienced and being able to see myself represented really helped me make the decisions that I did. Being able to see people's lives transform in this Facebook group that I was in, um, was really inspiring to me. And so I'm taking all of this, I'm taking all that was helpful to me plus more and trying to offer that to my, to the community. And so if you're not looking for the listeners, if you're not looking for professional guidance with a, with someone like me, at least join a group. It doesn't have to be mine. There's other late in life LGBTQ plus groups out there um, on Facebook, on Discord, on Patreon, uh, plus, 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 right? Like community is key. We need to feel represented. We, it's helpful to see people in all the different stages of the coming out process because it allows us to, to know that we can get through it. It also allows us to connect with others and gain support that we need. So community is key. If you, like Rachel said, if you don't feel comfortable doing things in person or your areas are don't where you live that doesn't have that kind of support, find something online because it is key to coming out late. Absolutely. It's so, so important. And for those that do want to know more about the work you're doing, where can they find you? So I am all over social media. You can find me on Instagram at Late in Life Guide. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at The Late in Life Guide. And um, I have a Facebook group as well. So jump on my website. All my information's there, uh, lateinlifeguide.com. Awesome. And we'll link all these for the sh to the show notes for everyone as well. And finally, do you want to share a queer show, book, or resource or organization you want to plug? Um, yeah, so I, I have a program that um, folks can access. So there's three different levels. There's a premium program, which means a lot of one-to-one -one time with me. There's a light program, which is um, more messaging. And there's the self-guided program. But there are this is a program to help people who've come out later in life feel more content, feel more confident, and connect with authenticity. And so it's for anyone uh, who comes, who identifies as a late in lifer uh, and at any stage in the coming out process. And again, check out my website if, if you'd like to learn more. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for that resource. I think it's really important that this is offered. And like we said at the beginning, there's just, there's not enough representation and visibility and support for adults who are coming out later in life. So the work you're doing is fantastic. So thank you very much for coming on and talking about it today. Thank you for having me, Rachel, and love your podcast and you're doing great work as well. Thank you so much for listening today. New episodes are available every other Wednesday, so please do download, share and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Our topics are designed to be engaging, so if you have any questions or feedback, please do get in touch. 
You can find us on Instagram at underscore over the rainbow podcast, Facebook at over the rainbow podcast 13 and Twitter at over rainbow pod. We also have a queer book club, Reading the Rainbow. So if you want to join us in reading the queer universe, please check out our website or Facebook page for more information. Have a queer week and I'll see you over the rainbow. Thank you.